0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's great to see you all. So many happy, smiling faces and it's It's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, my name is Dave, I'm one of the leaders here, and it's my joy and privilege to bring a part two of a message series we started last week. So don't worry, if you weren't here, we'll be doing a recap and we'll let you know more about what's going on. But do you know that week in, week out, we have people joining us by podcast. So why don't we, after three, give a massive great cheer and applaud those who are listening to podcasts. One, two, three. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And if you are new here yourself, thank you. It's great to see you with us today. I hope you feel relaxed with us today. Um, Now... Bit of a health warning. So um, we, once a year, we do a, a series of teaching on, on giving and generosity. Now, before you go, oh no, it's one of those churches. Uh, we're not one of those churches. We just believe in the biblical principles of what it is to give. And so if you're not yet a Christian here today, then you're off the hook. Just maybe lean in and just see what, what principles we teach Christians about giving. Um, if you're a guest here, then just listen in to what we're, what we're talking about. But these are principles that we teach. You may not be a follower of these principles, but these are the principles that we teach once a year so that everyone gets an understanding what we believe that God, uh, the Bible teaches about giving and generosity and we just want to say this, we just love week in week out we just meet here don't we and we don't yesterday we had a great wedding didn't we yeah, yeah and uh, of Tia and, and Wayne has have got uh, the Got um, got married in the sight of God, and that was wonderful. Place was packed. Place packed today. But we just love every time we gather together. It's special, isn't it? Whether it's a wedding, whether it's a Sunday, whether it's a life group, and we just want to say we love you and thank you that you're with us here today. So this message series is called Be Rich. It's not get rich. It's be rich. And um, just as a way of recap, part one last week was is about life. Life's about trust. And uh, this message series, if you like, is about how to be generous, not how to get gener- not how to be, get rich, but how to be generous. It's a state of being it's on the inside. And uh, generosity is not natural. Do you know that? We don't feel rich, but we are. Give me a wave if you feel rich. <laughs> you heard the series last week. <laughs> we feel generous, but we aren't. Sometimes we think we're generous, but actually, we'll find out we're not as generous as we could be. Now, I I, um, said a a great website. Go on this, make a note of it, www.globalrichlist.com. And on that, you put in your um, annual take-home pay after taxes, etc. So you think about how much whether you're a student, whether you're on minimum wage, whatever your wage, you put in what your annual take-home pay is and you'll get some amazing statistics like the following. Imagine that your take-home pay after all taxes was £15,000, which actually is just below the national minimum wage. It's £1,250 per month, £288 per week, about £7.81 per hour. Okay. You will be in the top you, top four point zero eight per cent of the world's richest people across the globe. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> um, that's by the world standard. And compare that with an average labourer in Ghana makes seven P per hour. An average labourer in Indonesia makes thirty pence per hour. It would take that labourer 25 years to earn the same as you if your take-home pay was £15,000 per year. Are these sobering facts? A can of Coke costs, let's say, 60p. It would take you on that wage four minutes to earn the the value to buy a can of Coke at 60p. It would take a, a worker in Indonesia two hours. And that salary would pay um, eight, the wages of 83 doctors in Kyrgyzstan. Now, give me a wave if you feel rich. We don't feel rich, but we are. We are, we really are. And I say this all the time if we've got change in our back pockets, we're part of the world's wealthiest population. It really, really is true. Here's a definition of generosity from the Oxford English Dictionary. Showing a readiness to give more of something, especially money, than is strictly necessary or expected. And I love this. Showing kindness towards others. So Generosity isn't all about money. We can have, not have much and we can be really generous. We can be generous by the words that we say. Do you know what? Give me a, give me a wave today if you need encouragement. To be honest, I think all of our hands should be up. It's a true. Every single one of us needs encouragement in our life so we can be generous by the words that we say. I loved yesterday. Yesterday, the people in this church literally worked their socks off, put on an amazing day for Wayne and Tear. Yeah. People gave of, of things and items, but most of the people gave of time and creativity and skills. That's being generous. Yeah, definitely. As well as being generous with our, our money too. Yeah. Here's four generosity myths we, thought we heard last week. Number one, you can be generous by being spontaneous. When you, you see that advert on TV for someone, a, a child in need and you think, I'm going to pick up my phone and text um, to, the, to that helpline and give £10, we you think well, I'm being generous. But the reality, when we are spontaneous in our generosity and not planned, we're actually not as generous as we could be if we are intentional. Number two, generosity myth. It's determined by cash flow. I haven't got it coming in, I can't give it out. That's true, but the reality is sometimes we mismanage or we have different priorities with our cash flow. But if we're purposeful, if we're planning our cash flow, actually we can be really, really generous. Sometimes we think it's about the amount. It's not about the amount, is it? It's not about the amount because you can be generous. Just one aspect you give to someone or something or a good cause can be really, really generous. We heard uh, last week about the, the obviously Notre Dame and, and the fire there, and then people across the world, billionaires, millionaires, have been giving in lots and lots of sums of money. There's been this big um, on, on social media. Why should they do that? There's better cause they could give their money to, etc. But to a, a millionaire giving hundred thousand pound to us, that's a, a lot of money. But to them, it's a small percentage, isn't it? So it's not about the amount. And that last thing: rich people are generous. Well. I know some rich people that are generous, but there are rich, many rich people that aren't generous. So there's four generosity myths. And I love this from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. And we've learned today that we are rich. Every one of us in this room today are rich whether we feel like it or not, if we've got change in our back pocket according and comparison to the world. Don't put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and to, everyone say, be rich. Be rich. In how? In good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. As we, are, as we do good, good deeds and as we share what we have, the Bible says, and Paul who wrote this letter to Timothy, that we are rich. It's a state of being. Out of who we are, we can extend the hand of generosity. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And there, Paul is talking about what Jesus says. Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And every good deed that we do, we don't talk about this much in church life, but there are awards for Christians as we do good on earth. We don't do good just to, to be seen by people, but we do good to be seen by our Heavenly Father that sees every kind word that we say, every generous deed that we give or do, the sharing of our time, the sharing of our possessions, the sharing of our money. And this was the, the, the thought from last week. You invest in what you trust in. You invest in what you trust in. And the question is, what and who do we trust in? What and who are we putting our trust in? To live by. And finally, we've looked at these three things. Trust will help you understand three things. Provision. That our provision comes from God. If we really believe and trust that there's a God that not just made us, but loves us so much, we can stake our lives in him. We really can. And we can trust him to provide for our lives. The Bible says that, Jesus, that God will provide for everything you have need of. Do you believe that this morning? Do we believe that this morning? That everything we have need of, it's not all our wants, it's not about getting rich, but everything that we have need of, whether that's monetary, whether that's health-wise, whether that's a sense of um, need and peace in our lives, God wants to provide us with more joy, more peace. Amen. Amen. Everything we need of, God wants to richly provide in our lives. That we are stewards. We, are stewards. we don't own anything. I could say to you, well, um, this memory stick on here, this purple memory stick, I own that. Well, I don't. I don't own that. God gives us uh, entrustings into our lives, with it's relationships, possessions, that we steward and look after. If you go down to a tip and you see all the things that are thrown away, as like we said last week, you think, actually, nothing lasts forever. As, as Paul writes in that, in that chapter, we come into this world naked and we leave it the same. We owe nothing, we can take nothing with us. We are but stewards for a limited, limited time. And this also allows us to understand joy, that joy is not found in what we, what we steward or look after. Joy is found in the, whom, the one whom we trust. Yeah. Deep joy, great joy, that can take us through every single challenge of life itself. Generous people don't assume it's theirs to consume. When things come to us, when money comes to us, I ask the question, God, what do you want me to do with this money? I don't assume it's, it's mine. God, do you want me to do something with this? Do you want me to bless someone with it? If it comes to me, it does not mean it's for me. Trust means four things. If we trust God, I mean, if we really, really trust God, It's easy to teach this stuff. It's easy to stand up and say, you must trust God. I must trust God. But often when there comes a challenge in our lives, we may not, well, am I really going to put my trust in God? But trust means this, that you decide in our hearts that God is God. Is God God to you? Or is he just another God on the shelf of many gods of different religions? Is the one true God? Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Is God God? And if God is God, then he means he's trustworthy. I don't want to put my trust in anything that isn't genuine or real. I don't want to put my trust in any God that doesn't do what he says he's going to do. Is God God to you? If he is, you can trust him. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with all that you have. You can trust him. And if he's trustworthy, we follow his directions for our life. If he's trustworthy, he's given us this book called the Bible. And as Christians, as Christ followers, we think, well, okay, God, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe that. I don't understand it all. Help me, Holy Spirit, to understand it. But we put our trust in God and through his word in our lives, outworking. Because he's given us a pattern for us to believe. Trustworthy, we follow his directions for our lives. And his directions suddenly become our priorities. They become our priorities. That means if God says it, okay, God, I've got to live my life by it. Yes, we know the things: don't don't murder, don't cover, don't steal. Oh, I'm a, I'm doing well on those. God, tick tick tick. But everything, everything, the whole council, from Genesis to Revelation, excluding maps. His directions become our priorities. So, part two today is calling "Be Rich: Life's Big Test." We've already prayed for students. Um, Students, just know that we are praying for you. We really understand this is a a big deal for you. And many of our students, um, give us a wave today if you're a final year student. Okay, so this is the year where it really, really matters and counts. There's about four people raised their hands today. We know they've got quite a few final year students, and. uh, and Life might feel a bit like that if you're a student. You're hitting the books, day in, day out. I've spoken to Jonathan on media today and he's got five more exams. That's right. So uh, Five more exams. So at times you're revising and you think it's not going in. You might feel like maybe that she's asleep, I don't know. <laughs> but give us a wave if you can remember the last exam that you ever took. The last written exam. Maybe it was at school, university, college. Maybe you felt, oh, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to get through this. those feelings of, oh, have I really got what it takes? Will I really remember everything? Will I really remember everything I've learned or perhaps haven't learned? Perhaps I should have been revising and I've been out doing whatever. I should, you know. But life is a test and tests are really, really uh, important because they help us go into the next chapter and phase of our lives. But it can be really stressful and can be really daunting. But life is a test, because life, who knows? Even as Christ followers, life's not easy. Yeah. Jesus never promised life to be easy. He said, "In the world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer; I have overcome the world." Yeah. And we, in, when it comes to finances, we can feel a sense of worry that comes upon us. Um, so, worry—you might worry about our finances. We might start spending more than what we earn, and that leads us into debt and so obviously we need to learn the spiritual discipline and it is spiritual of self-control but if we spend more than we earn that leads us into debt but we need to understand that we can be content with everything that we have we can be content with everything that we have if you never had any more goods in your life have you got shelter? have you got food in the cupboard? have you got relationships with people around you? We can be content in every single one of those things. And if we spend more than what we earn and, and we go into debt, then there's no more margin for things like getting out of debt or or, or, or saving. And it leads us back into that further cycle of, of more worry. Can I say that in this message series, we want something for you, not from you. That really, really is our hearts. You think, oh, you're trying to get money for the church, and it's, and it's a really difficult series to talk about because it's money, you can, you can misjudge my, my motives. But really, we want something for you, not from you. So that if you are stuck in debt right now, can I say there's some amazing organisations? CAP, Christians Against Poverty, are a, um, a worldwide and a world class organisation. They're based up in Bradford. And uh, if you are in debt, we have a debt centre based up at St Mary's Church that you can just phone up and they'll be able to help you, take you through that. And every single week, people are being released from poverty and debt. Yeah? Through going through a different programme. If you need some um, training in your budgeting, um, you know, we don't assume that budgeting is easy. If you've never been taught it, You'll never learn the principles of what it is to budget, but by budgeting, actually, you can have money in your back pocket. But I think rather than thinking I'm ch- chasing my tail trying to get money, and so we have cap life skills we run from this church. Um, so Pete and Anne, Anne gives away. Okay, so they and the team they, they run um cap life skills, it teaches about budgeting and also life skills, living on a budget. Okay, and that's a really really good course. Talk to Anne after the service, and also there's cap money that's also run in the town. So, we really want to help you with financial freedom in this church. Okay, so here's the big thought for today just going forward trusting God means testing God with your money. Whoa, testing God. Well, if God is God, can I really test him? Trusting God means testing God with your money. And I'm going to uh, read a a scripture now, which comes from the book of Malachi. Malachi is the the last book of the Old Testament, written about 440 BC. Okay? And uh, it's written to the Jewish nation at the time. And imagine it's a family meeting. Do you ever have those family meetings maybe when your, your children are at home and you, you know that maybe children have been misbehaving a little bit? Sounds like a daily habit at the moment. So you gather the children around the kitchen table and you can have a, a family talk, a family chat. This is, the, is similar to the context of the book of Malachi. This is God talking to his family at the time, the, the nation of Israel. So let's see what they say from the book of Malachi, chapter 3 and verses 6 to 12. I, the Lord, do not change. God's, God does not change. God's will for the people then, the people now, does not change. God loves us so much. He's always loved the humanity. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Wow, that's harsh stuff, isn't it? Somebody's telling, to, talking to children. You've not kept my decrees. <laughs> Daniel, Sophia, and Isabella. Everything I've been trying to teach you. And he says this. Return to me. Return to me. And I will return to you, says Lord Almighty. Imagine picture this scene around the, the table. And you've got a family. You've got the nation of Israel. And you've got God. Return to me. And they're probably thinking, well... How can we return to you? Because you're talking to us. I can hear you loud and clear. But you ask, how are we to return? So God replies by saying, will a mere mortal rob God? Ouch. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? This is hard language, isn't it? Really hard language. God's accusing the nation of Israel of robbing God. And his reply is, after they said how, is in tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. In, in the system at the time, they gave tithes of, of grain and crops, tithe being a 10% of the, the crops that they earned. And offerings. And God continues by saying, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Put your hand up if you want to be under a curse. <laughs> if God is God, no, my hand is definitely not up. I do not want to be under a curse. So we continue. Verse 10. Bring, everyone say whole tithe. One, two, three. Whole tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So that there may be food in my house. See, people were giving, people were doing things, but they weren't doing things as God had prescribed. They weren't bringing the whole tithe of their, uh, into the storehouse. The storehouse at the time was, was the, the place where they gathered to do religious ceremonies. And if you like, the storehouse today is the local church. To so bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Not a partial tithe, but the whole tithe. Tithe being 10%. Told you it's hard, it's hard teaching, isn't it? But God says this. And this is the only place that I know of in Scripture where God commands you and I to test the living God. Because I would not want to test God in any other way. But God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no room enough to store it. It will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. God is saying to the nation of Israel, test me in this. If you just start bringing in 10% of all your crops at the time, 10%, give them to the the local um, storehouse. You can test me. You can put me to the test because life is a test. You can put me to the test if you really do trust me and see if I will not bless you. I will not meet every single need that you have. Your needs, not your greeds. I want to bless you, says the Lord. And friends, today, God says he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He really, really does want to bless you. But what does blessing mean? Blessing isn't a get-rich scheme. It's not about thinking, well, if I, if I do this then God's going to give me loads of wealth. We hear much teaching about that from around the world. Can I say we are not a prosperity teaching church in that sense? But I do promise you that God will meet your needs. and I do promise you that as we put the principles of God into perspective, they work. They really do. So trusting God means testing God with money. So number one, it's about a tenth. Tenth means 10%. So, if you like, to make it really, really easy, there's a pound. okay? So in every pound, in, in today's language, in every pound that we earn, then God says, the first, the first 10p belongs to me. This is the law of first fruits. The law of first fruits says God wants the first. Now you might think, well, there's a pound, and the equivalent of a pound is 10 lots of 10 peas. The problem with this is this, because um, hey, we, we live by this, this teaching. So we, we tithe on our income. We tithe on income. So, all the money that comes into us, we tithe on 10% of our gross income. That's before tax. Because we live by the principle that if the tax man gets his 20% then of, of our gross, then why shouldn't I give God 10% of my gross? But what was happening for us um, is our bills were going out first. Our bills were going out first. And then I just thought, well, God, the principle of first fruits is you want the first. So now we've organised our finances. So by direct debit, we give to God the very first. So before any bills go out, at the beginning of the month, we get paid um, at the beginning of the month. Before any bills go out, we give God literally the first 10%. So in the equivalent is this. In every pound, the first 10p belongs to me, says God. And I love that because God talks about the first fruits as the first being holy to the Lord separated to the Lord. The reason this is important teaching is this. If we give, if we bring what's God's, God says the first belongs to him. Tell, give your hands up if you know that. If something belongs to someone else, it doesn't belong to you, does it? If God says in scripture that the first belongs to me in Deuteronomy, then I can't even give it. I've get my language right. I can't give my first 10p because it doesn't belong to me, so I can bring it. I can bring it. Then the rest is blessed. As we give, bring of the first, of first fruits of our income, then the rest is blessed. I'd rather live off 90% of income that is blessed rather than that is cursed. Wouldn't you, using the language of Malachi? Who would rather have... you know? I'd rather not have 100% that I can just spend as I want, knowing that it's not going to be, God's not going to bless it. But I know, according to Scripture, that if I bring to him the first 10%, then 90% will be blessed. And we just know after years and years of doing this and living by this principle, and I know many of us do in this room today, life has a way that, that 90% just stretches. stretches. It just goes on. In every pound, the first 10p belongs to me. Trusting God means testing God with our money. Number two, it's a test. We can test God. We can really test God. Maybe some of you here today are sitting here thinking, I don't know about this. It sounds like a lot. Dave, do you know how little I have? Dave, after after all my bills, there's only that much left over. But God says, not, not even me, test God. Put him to the test and see, and see. If God will not bless, the rest. Because God, it's God's promise. and God, If God is trustworthy, not me, if God is trust, trustworthy, we can stake our lives on the principles of his word. And so my encouragement to every single one of us today would be to try. Give God a go. Put God to the test. Put God to the test. Not me. Put God to the test. And see if he won't come through. For you and your household. Yesterday we had the um, the wedding here of, of, of Wayne and here. It was wonderful. And uh, gosh, I'm looking younger there. <laughs> Less wrinkles. Leanne's still taller than me. <laughs> We've said this before, but Leanne said she'd never marry someone that was shorter than her, had ginger hair, or glasses. Come on. But for 15 years we've been married. 15 long years we've been married. And, uh, but from ever since we've married, we've, we've lived by these principles. We live by these principles. Hey, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a millionaire. But it works. It really, really, really does work. And God blesses. Every year, you know, it's amazing how God just breaks through for us and our finances and provides what we need. You know, It really does. So we thank God. So my encouragement to every single one of us today is put God to the test. Give him a try and see if it won't come through for you. So we're launching what's called the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. I want to encourage you, if you don't give, to put God to the test. Maybe some of you here today, you, maybe you don't give at all. Or well, maybe you can actually think, well, God, I want to put you to the test. Maybe I'll start giving. Some of you that, that give something, maybe think, well, God, maybe I can actually Put you to the test. Actually, giving a, a tithe, ten percent, of my income. So we've got this tithe challenge. We're going to hear more about that in a few moments. Before we do, um, we're going to have a quick chat with um, David Onyek, our Treasurer. So why don't we welcome David to the stage? <clears throat> Come on, David. I want to first of all thank David for all the hard work that you and the team and, uh, do week in, week out, and counting the offering, but also all, the, all that you do in terms of you know, managing the budgets and, and uh, looking after the money and all, this, all the legwork that goes in it behind the scenes. So, thank you for that. So, we've just got a few um, things to ask you. So, just tell us about um, our gift today.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, we have a special gift um, for for everyone in the church. It's called The Treasure Principle. This is a book I read probably a few years ago. um, And it's a fantastic book about giving, Uh, really insightful. Um, So I would encourage everyone to take one away, read it, digest it, absorb it. It's really good resource material. So it's uh, one, I think, waiting at the back of church for everyone today.
0: Yeah, well, what we're doing, actually, we're going to give this as a, as a gift. If you, if you want to be a part of the 90-Day Tithe Challenge, which we'll talk to you more about in a minute, then we want to give um, a copy of that to every person. OK, so it won't go to everyone in the church, but anyone wants to be a part of this. And what we're saying in 90 days Tithe Challenge, which is three months, is see if you can put God to the test in your finances. OK? We're not going to look at what you're giving. It's just just put God to the test. You, you, as an individual, you as a family, say, God, I want to put you to the test. And we'd love to give that to you also. And also, what we'll do as well, we've got um, a memory stick here with some amazing teaching. Um, give me a wave. Have you ever heard of Robert Morris? Okay, not many. Robert Morris is a pastor of Gateway Church in America. And I can honestly say, some of the material that I've read is some of the best and most balanced. Teaching I've ever heard on the principles of giving and generosity. So we're going to put there's about eight different um, episodes on, on video or, or podcast for you to listen to. All Leanne often does she listens to podcasts and she's doing cooking and and stuff. So yeah, you look look at that. And we're going to give that to you as well as the, the teaching the the the, uh, the treasure principle book as well if you sign up for this this challenge. So I've got a couple of uh, questions for you, um, David. The first one is um, where have you seen God being generous? in his last seven years so we've been at the church for seven years how have you seen God's generosity?
1: Uh, yeah, So I guess the first one I've seen uh, is spiritually actually in the church so um, I guess over the, over the last seven years we've had uh, 13 uh, baptisms over, over that period of time which is, fan, which is, is really really fantastic um, it shows that not only are people coming into the church people are growing in their, in their spirit, spirituality and faith as well um, and, and seeing so many baptisms, I guess if I if I can compare that to um, back in 2007, I think there was only one up until that point in time. So to see so many baptisms has been been really, 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 really good. Um, we want to see more, don't we? Amen. Yeah. So we want to we want to see more. We want to see people. You know, again, can just grow, growing in growing in their faith. Um, I guess secondly, really. Um, I guess being, being, a, being the treasurer of the church for quite quite a, f- quite a few years is seeing how financially the church has, has grown as well. So um, if I look back to, I think it was probably around 2012, 2012, the, the annual income for the church was around £24,000 for the year. Um, last year's accounts we submitted uh, was £111,000, so it's been a massive Massive growth, which just shows, yeah, round <laughs> massive. <laughs> so shows the, the continued generosity of everyone in the house, and and just how, I guess, just how people have kind of stepped stepped up in stepped up in their in their, in their giving. Um, I guess from from the growth in in the finances as well, we've done different things like vision offerings as well, where we people are um, giving towards specific specific um, projects or specific. Um, parts of the vision of the church at that point in time we had vision 80 offering we had the next generation offering so so there's been specific times of dedicated gifting for specific courses which have been really good um i guess the the other thing to mention is as a church as well we 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 tithe 10 percent of all the income of the church as well so that means from all, all, all the giving that's that we receive at church we put In a designated account, we've got different accounts which we use for things like youth, um, children's work, a main account. But we have a special account called a designated account which we put 10% of the income of the church to, to one side And that pot is specifically used for all of our outreach programs so it's used for the charities we partner with i always say check the website for the different um, charities which which we kind of stand stand beside but it it goes towards um different ministries and different organizations outside these four four walls um and just a great a great way as a church to 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 give those and and use those principles of tithing um just generally as a church and i think that's kind of led part, parcel to the growth we've seen of the general giving in the church as well, just because we, we're tithing as a, tithing as a church. Um, so again, if I just look at some of the statistics, so in the past five years, we've been able to give close to £26,000 um, away to, to different different, chari- different charities. And when you, when you look at a church of our size, actually, um, that, that's a phenomenal amount yeah, a phenomenal amount of money. Um, Again, we, we do things like you would have heard um, in the life news charities which we specifically partner with, like such as um, cap Christians against poverty um, again it 's just a, a great way for us to to really um, help people get on the right principles of, of financial stability, um, control, discipline, um, and just having having a, a kind of a realistic tool and a mechanism to help people who are struggling with debt just have some basic principles of how to manage, manage themselves, which was really good. Um, also, again, just want to... Just to say again, a massive thank you to everyone that continues to give in the life of the church. It's just been, it's just been
0: fantastic to see kind of how it's all grown over mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. And we just want to say a massive thanks to everyone that does give week in, week out, whether it's monthly, in the buckets, online, however. Thank you. It really, really is making a difference. And um, just so you hear my heart, when we first came to the church in 2012, um, you know, it was, it was a difficult season in the life of the church. And there wasn't much, much money. And the very first thing I, I had to do was look at budgets, think about like how can we um, reduce costs as a church. And we weren't, we weren't tithing. Uh, and then God spoke to me and says, they, you, "You tithe as a family. Now trust me with the church." <laughs> so we trusted him. We stepped out. I didn't want to. I thought, you know, there's not much there. We, we stepped out in faith, and since then, God has me as we as we give, what, as we give away outside of the house, yes. not internally, outside of the house. What God is ten percent of what God gives us through the giving and generosity of, of your giving. You know, God has blessed the finances; he really has. So, we, yeah, you know, we've proven it as a church, haven't we? Yes. And we can prove it as individuals. Thank you, David. Um, do you have any stories of generosity you can share with us?
1: um yeah so i guess over over the years um i've seen i've seen just in different people's lives as well as our own lives just different um ways in which God is blessed so provision of jobs um i don't know uh just health, um, and it's one of those things. It's it's God. God speaks and um, and ministers to people in in different different ways. So I guess some sometimes um, this is a misconception that you know you, you kind of give financially and you receive financially, but it's it's wider than that. The blessing covers the whole span of your life. So mm-hmm. you know I've seen I've seen like I said people who have been healed. There's mm-hmm. been stories of healing, provision of jobs, um, different circumstances whereby God has is 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 broken through difficult family situations and challenging family situations and, and I think I think all of that is a basis of of the, the the principles of of being a blessed life and trusting everything everything to God.
0: Yeah wonderful wonderful um and any common questions or challenges that people face when looking at giving and generosity?
1: Yeah, so I guess, I guess you, get, you get the common type of questions is whether you give 10% on gross or net, do you give, do you give 10% on um, gifts you receive, as, you receive as well, like birthday gifts, you know, in, in my, for instance, we, in, in my workplace as well, you know, people bringing cakes and sweets and chocolates, do you give 10% of a donut, <laughs> that, you, you know? I always struggle with that one. <laughs> but yeah, you have you have those type of type of questions, and you know, I would just say that go away, seek God's face on it, pray about it. Um, even even within this church, you know, we have people who give both on gross and and people who give give on net, and I think it's it's something you need to go away research. There's lots of good material out there. There's lots of good information out there to to pray and seek God's face on it. And you know, God, I think God assesses the heart really the heart of the giver Um, and you know I think it's just something to to pray about
0: and process with God on on your individual journeys yeah fantastic and if someone wants to to give um, sort of electronically what are some of the ways that you can give yeah so
1: so again um we as a family we, we give via standing order. Um, it's just just a convenient way for us to to give. So it, it, w- there's forms at the back of the church um, if you do want to give give that way. And for for us as a family, it's just convenient. Um, it's a it's a good way to make sure that we are paying our tithes and an offerings on a, on a regular basis. It's a good habit, and you know still still um, praying over it as well as it leaves. Because sometimes you. I guess what you don't want it to be is just automatic without thinking about it because mm. you're, so if you're not physically doing something on a Sunday sometimes, mm. you, you kind of lose track that actually you are presenting back to God what he's asked you to present. So, you know, just spending some time praying over that mm. standing order or just in your de- general prayer time, just
0: referencing the fact that you, you're giving via that, via that particular means. Yeah, wonderful. Now, every year, um, David and the team have to get our accounts up to date and it's be externally examined um, by our accountant, and they go up and upload onto the Charities Commission website. And yet again, that, they've been examined for this year and last year, and, and all the all years, and they've been uh, given a 100% clean bill of health. Isn't that amazing? I think that's worth apl- applauding. <laughs> the amount of work that goes into that is, um, Annie would know, <laughs> it's a lot of work. So we thank you and the team for, for all that you do there. And um, tell us about transparency.
1: Um, so, so I guess we 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 are a registered uh,
0: charity. So,
1: so again, all of our accounts get published on the charity um, commission's website. So you can access all of the church accounts um, via 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 that. Means um, I guess within within there, it details all the expenses and a kind of a breakdown of what the the ch- how the church uses the finances um, the. Payments that go through as salaries, so we have a few people on payroll. The treasurer, I'm not on the payroll, um, but just by reference. Actually, we haven't discussed that. Why the treasurer's not on the, on the payroll? But my, 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 time is, my time is voluntary. No gender items. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah my, my time is vol- voluntary as a treasurer, so we have, um, we have a few people on, on payroll. Um, and it, again, we just break, we break, we break down... Um, Kind of all the outgoings, all the income, um, and it's quite—I I, I guess being being um, on the charity website commissions—we we are held accountable for being transparent and we guess what we don't want to do is do anything behind closed doors so we, we ensure that everything is clear and visible if you've got any additional questions which anything is not covered um, email us we've got our finance um, email inbox, so go on our website ask us a question, um, be happy to un- answer any any kind of details around any any of the giving or anything, any of the details that sits within the accounts, we've got detailed notes as well and additional information around um, uh, kind of the treasurers and the uh, trustees and all the different positions as well within yeah, the church. So, wonderful. Fantastic.
0: Let's give it up for David and thank you for all that you do in the life of the church. It's amazing. Thank you. So on your seats today, you'll see a little um, little card, which basically is the ninth Day Tithe Challenge. And we're just in, encouraging you. Maybe um, you want to put God to the test. Maybe for you, you're not giving and you think, well, God, I'm going to put you to the test and, and start Giving. Maybe some of you do, you do give and think, you know, God, I'm, I've heard what your word says about tithing, so I want to put you to the test about that. So we're just asking that you just simply fill that in. It's just to expect you're not committing to anything, you're just saying, I, I want to know more about this, this, this challenge, and then we'll, we'll just uh, give send you some more information and you can think about if you want to sign up to it or not. And that goes in the offering buckets in a little while. Wonderful. So, and get, we'll give you a copy of this book, which is a real light with, with summer coming, it's, it's only about sort of 90-odd pages, so it's a light read, but it's really good, healthy principles, and I'm going to give you the, the uh, memory stick too. Wonderful. Any questions, you can give to, go, to, go to david at finance at life-cc.org. Any questions whatsoever about our giving or finances or anything that's related to that? Brilliant. So remember this, then, in closing, every pound the first 10B belongs to me Says is not God's saying that. That's the principles that we're teaching of, of first fruits and tithes and offerings. And in, Rome, in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23, it says this The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. The thing about money is we work so hard for our money, don't we? And we put energy in that money, that, that paycheck that goes into your account represents hard work and graft. But the reality is, who do we trust most? Are harder work and graft or do we trust in the living God? And the principle of this is, that God, we put you to the test. We trust you with our lives, including our finances. And we'll see if you won't do what your word says you'll do. And that you'll bless us in every aspect of our lives. Wonderful. Okay, let's pray. I said at the beginning um, of this message, I minutes mean, heavy, head bowed and eyes shut right now. At the beginning of this message, it's about going up from last week. It's about who do we trust? Who do we trust in our lives? And and so many of us in around this room, we have, we have, and do trust God. We have and do trust God. We've we've come to that place in our life where we said, God, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my life. And now God is saying, that's great, but will you trust me? Your life also means your finances. Will you trust me? Will you step out in faith and trust me and put, put me to the test, God would say, with every aspect of your life, including your finances? Would you give to me through the local church? Would you give? Maybe for some of us, it's, we don't give we, can give, we can start that journey of giving today. This month, next month. Maybe some of us, it's like, I give, but I haven't yet trusted you with that 10%, the tithes. God would say to you, put him to the test. Step out in faith. And maybe some of you today, you, you do you do tithes. But God doesn't want this to be a, a religious thing that you do. He wants us to be a, a life-giving thing. And he might even want to lead you in other ways of generosity. Where So there could be some people who hear that, God wants to use to flow through amazing finance that you could be a mega giver in the body of Christ that as you see needs not even in this local church but elsewhere that God will flow money to you so it can go through you to bless and to impact many people in your world because he can trust you he can trust you with the tithes, he can trust you with our offerings and he wants you maybe some of you in this room today even to be a mega giver in the body of Christ I want to pray for you right now Father, for every man and woman that is thinking about these principles of giving today, thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. Thank you that we can honour you with our lives and that includes our finances. And for some of us today, we just need that, that courage. We need that boldness that says, God, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to step out in, in faith and um, I'm going to fill in that card and, and maybe start expressing my interest in this United States Tithe Challenge. But however we do it, I pray, Lord, for courage for your people. Courage for your people. And I pray that, God, many stories will be told, as we've already heard over the months and years since being here, of how people needed something and you met their need just at the right time. Sometimes it felt like the 11th hour, but you always meet our needs. And we say thank you. So bless my friends here today, God, that are just weighing up that that decision about putting you forward first and trusting you with their finances and so as we continue to have our eyes shut and heads bowed maybe you're here today and you're you're thinking you know i've heard a lot about money today but i've also heard a lot about trust and there's people in this room today that have put their trust in god There's many Christ followers here today that call themselves Christians. Christian uh, was like a mini Christ, it is a little like a, a Mickey tape word meaning mini Christ because people that are Christ followers, they imitate Christ, they imitate Jesus because they stake their life on following Jesus. And the story of many people in this room today is that they have put their faith and their trust in God Almighty and in Jesus Christ and they've given control of their lives to Jesus. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're not yet a Christian, not yet a Christ follower. And you've heard a lot, yes, about money today, but it's not about that. It's about putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And maybe something about being amongst us today. Uh, you felt the love of God. Maybe you felt the life of God here today. And you're saying, Dave, I don't understand it all, but maybe today I want to make a decision to put my, my trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're, uh, you'd say you're a Christ follower, or used to be, but you're a big Slidden, you're a bit cold in your heart and you're saying today Dave I want to give myself again to God to following God a hundred percent not half-heartedly not with a cold heart but with a warm heart a hundred percent nothing less maybe a Christian is saying that today so right now in a few moments I'm not going to call you forward I'm not going to ask you to stand but with every head bow, and eyes shut I'm going to ask you simply to raise your hand if you're saying today Dave, I want to give my life to Christ for the first time I want to yield control of my life to Christ for the first time Give him, as it were, the steering wheel of your life Or you're back sitting, and you're saying God, Dave, I want to just respond to Jesus today I want to recommit my life to Jesus If that's you, right now, I want you to raise your hand So I would see it right now Right now, across this place Say, Dave, I want to give my life to Jesus For the first time, or afresh That's great Anyone else? I going to say a prayer with you Father I thank you for everyone that's responding and I pray that you would just bless them I pray that they would just they would know what it is as they yield their life to you Father as they give control of their life to you that Lord you would show that you are trustworthy and that Lord you make life make sense and we give you all the glory We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.